Today on Locked On Red Wings, we look at the Atlantic Division. Who got better? Who got worse? And where that leaves the Red Wings in the mix? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News as well as uh, the host of Lockdown Tigers. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Scotty, are you there? Hey, what's up, man? Oh, we got it. All right. It's for those outside the loop here. Uh, we, we did a little, we tried to record a second ago and Scotty tried to talk and he had no audio. So good We're to hear now. Good to hear from you. Yeah, uh, literally. So today's episode <laughs> is uh, going to be a little bit of an Atlantic division outlook. We haven't really talked much about the major additions and subtractions in the Atlantic division. And we're going to do our best to cover it all in the 30 minutes here to try and look at you know, where the Red Wings fall in that mix, because some teams in the division made not that many moves. Some teams like the Florida Panthers, who kind of inspired this conversation, <laughs> made some big moves. And um, I think the best way to attack this, you know, what team got better or worse is to look at the divisions from last season and just go from top to bottom and uh, figure out if those teams got better or worse. And Scotty, who is the who finished first in the Atlantic division this last year? And we'll lead off with them. So first place was the Florida Panthers, right? 122 points. President's big, trophy winners. Big President's trophy winners. Um, this is a this whole episode I, I think is a really good topic and and kind of a, a fascinating conversation because there is last season there was so clearly not only like four clearly the best teams in the division versus the four not best teams in the division, but it was I mean, arguably four of the best teams in hockey versus four of the worst teams in the division. Like it, it wasn't just, you know, like, like you, you cut it in half and the top half were, were four of the best teams in the entire NHL. Um, so it was, it was, it, it's just a really fascinating conversation. And, and, you know, the Red Wings made a lot of big moves and is it going to be enough to even crack into that? That top four, that's the goal. If you finish in the top four in this division, you're pretty much slotting yourself in for the postseason. But uh, you, you got to do you got to tear somebody down and starting yeah. with the Florida Panthers. I, I you know, I don't think it's going to be them. <laughs> that's uh, that, that's a phenomenal team. They absolutely pumped the Red Wings several times last season. They always seem to play them on ESPN plus, by the way. Yeah, that was like a weird the, thing. It was like every time we played the Panthers, it was the ESPN Plus game. And and they, I remember the one, it was like a six or a seven goal game. Uh, it, they had a weird camera angle in their arena too. I didn't like any of it, but um, they're, uh, th that's obviously a, a really, really good team that had a really, really fun off season on top of already, like you said, winning the president's trophy, you know, adding to that as well. Well, so the Florida Panthers made, they went hard at the trade yeah. deadline. They don't have a first, 
a first round pick for the next three seasons. And they lost a lot of the pieces that they dealt for. Like they lost Ben Sherrod, obviously they lost Claude Giroux. Um, and then most recently, so we talked about the Matthew Kachuk trade and the Matthew Kachuk trade that ended up happening is kind of what inspired this conversation. I feel almost, I cannot believe I'm about to say this, but I think the Florida Panthers, I don't want to say got worse because of the trade because they got a guy who just came off a 100 plus point season in Matthew Kachuk. But what they gave up was, I, I feel like they gave up more than the Flames did in that trade because they gave up Jonathan Huberdeau, who's an 80 plus point winger in his own right and an alternate captain on that team and a core piece of that team. They gave up Mackenzie Weger, who is, you know, an up and coming uh, defenseman who had 40 some points himself. And, you know, he would commit some big mistakes, but he's very good defenseman mm-hmm. and you gave him up. And then you also give up a first round pick and a prospect. So, and we talked about a possible Matthew truck trade on this channel. And I, I mean, after you seeing what the Panthers gave up, especially when the flames had very little leverage, I feel like, and again, I hesitate to say they got actively worse, but they kind of almost did because you gave up a top line. You made yourself more top heavy for sure by getting Matthew Kachuk and signing him to that big deal. And he's, he's younger about by four years than Jonathan Huberto, but you gave a, a nice piece on your defensive core as well. Another first round pick and a prospect. So yeah, I, I, I just I, I feel mean, like that with no draft picks and then no, um, you know, and then prospects lost depth players. And then just for sure, I, I know that their windows now, and they're still going to be a very good team. Like they're going to be way better than the Red Wings and they're still going to be at the top of the division. But I do feel like they got a little bit worse with that trade and losing all those players in free agency. I don't I mean, like the, the free agency thing is, is a legitimate gripe, but as far as the trade goes, you know, like you, you don't really have too much needs for, for super young players slash prospects. If they're not making big impacts at the NHL level, when you're, currently a team that that's winning president's trophies and picks, you know, first round picks sounds scary, but again, when you're winning a president's trophy, that's at the very, very end of the first round. Like as far as the assets that they, they are giving away, you know, like you said, like, like starter, like legitimate. And as far as this trade goes starter and then like prospect pick, like, eh, like, I don't know, he, he, you know, the, the, the kid could turn out really well and, and that could, we could look back on it in five, seven years and be like, Oh my goodness. But uh, as far as affecting them in, you know, this upcoming season, I I think they, uh, they they certainly got the best player in the trade. And that's really at the end of the day, when you're looking at a one year outlook, all that really matters. Um, So, you know, we we can debate about the, the future ramifications of it, but for this upcoming season, I mean, they, they, got the better end of the deal. Uh, and that like the free agency thing is, is, is super legitimate. And that's a thing that, you know, in salary cap sports, we see all the time with, uh, with really good and competitive teams, but they kept for the most part, they, they kept a hold of all the, the vital pieces. And uh, yeah, with that trade on top of it, I, I fully expect this team to be right in the, the president's conversation again. Yeah. I mean, regardless of whether or not they have Matthew Kachuk or Huberto and Uyghur, I think they're, you know, a president's trophy contending team, For but sure. that's kind of is my point is that they didn't need to, I don't think they necessarily needed to make the trade. I don't see how this makes you, I mean, again, Kachuk's four years younger, but I feel like you gave up not just Huberto who's excellent, but then Mackenzie mm-hmm. Uyghur as well. Who's For like, sure. I, I just feel like you're saying in the short term, they're going to be better. I'm not so sure. Like, yeah, they'll have him, you know, they, 
the reality is maybe Uyghur and Huberto, who are just rentals basically for Flames, unless they can sign them to extensions, weren't going to come back, and they knew that, so they dealt for a guy they could sign long term. That, 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 that might, makes that sense. Might be, yeah, that that's probably a big part of it too. But again, like, like if they if you saw the people that walked already, it's know, it's tough. They want to they want to pay Kachuk down the road too. Like there's a you know salary cap sports are tough. So yeah, if if that 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 probably has holds a lot of weight in it as well. I, I believe they're like seven million over the cap right now, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're three million over the cap, so they got no make way they're moves. under it. Yeah, well, and sure. they they had a very calm free agency. Like I think they're only they signed like one one way deal, and it was like Mark Stahl, and then everyone else was they sent a bunch of players to two way deals. In fact, I can check right here, right here, real quick, because they signed Nick Cousins, so that that was a uh, one way deal. Um, Anthony Bietto, two way contract. Alex Lyon, two-way contract. And so, yeah, they didn't really do a whole lot, um, you know, to bulk up, but they also didn't have a lot of cap space to work with. So it's going to be – they're going to be a tank, a a powerhouse regardless. Absolutely. uh, And it's just that that Matthew Kachuk trade is such an interesting one to look at. Um, For sure. But we've done one team in one segment, and we have seven other teams to get to. So in segment two and three, we're going to be rapid-firing this. But I feel like talking about the Panthers the most was probably smart just because they they had the biggest thing they did. For sure. For sure. Uh, let's talk now about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your fastest and easiest way to check in on all your all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live betting, in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Every once in a while, they change a little bit of the wording up, and it throws throws me through a loop a little bit. But I got there. We're good. Segment two. Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, who finished second in the Atlantic Division? Uh, second was <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hmm. What would you like to say about the Toronto Maple? You know, I mean, we're only talking about getting to the postseason, right? So we don't have be to, there. We yeah, we don't have to do any of the. We don't have to go down the rabbit hole of, you know, are they actually? able to get past the first round blah 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 just the regular season specifically the regular season they will certainly be one of the better teams in the nhl and will certainly be back in the postseason uh and and be like i said not only one of the best teams in the nhl but certainly uh because of that one of the best teams in the atlantic they they are a team that made in the offseason a flurry of depth moves yeah um they signed a lot of depth pieces during the free agency period, but I I gotta say, like they're gonna another team that's gonna be a powerhouse. But I struggle to see how this team got better when you look at what they did with their goaltending tandem. I mean, they got Elias yeah. Gansimov and Matt Murray to replace Jack Campbell, who got paid. Yeah, the Matt Murray trade was crazy. Peter Mrazek. Yeah, the, the the Matt Murray, the dumping like Peter Mrazek, and then getting Matt Murray, who's. Mm-hmm more expensive and not as good is actually crazy. Well, I understand like letting Jack Campbell go because of cap crunch. Cause there's still a million and a half over the cap. And you know, for sure. IR, I think they have to be under the cap before the season can start before they can put players on the IR to begin with. Um, but I just, 
again, they're regardless of how bad they got or how much worse they got, I do feel like they took a step down just because of goalie core in general. They're still going to be a top-tier team just because they're so top-heavy offensively. I mean, they got Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, and they also they did sign Cal Yarncroft, who's a nice depth piece at center for them. So who can he can also play either wing. So I think he's going to be a nice depth piece for them. But overall, I mean, you you your goaltending took a pretty massive step back unless Matt Murray can somehow reclaim what he was with the Penguins. But that's a huge gamble. The Ottawa Senators tried it and it didn't work out. So it's going to be. I I don't think they're they're going to obviously make the playoffs. I expect them to finish top three, but. I don't see them having gotten better this offseason because of these moves. Yeah, I, I don't think they, they got better either. But uh, in terms of this discussion, they don't need to, to have. You know what I mean? Like in well, terms of like postseason. Okay, yes. But in, in terms <laughs> of like, of course. But but in, in terms of, you know, like can't, where do the Red Wings slide in to, to like the Atlantic the Leafs didn't need to get better to ensure that they were going to finish ahead of the Detroit Red Wings. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. Yes. Like they, they're, they were going to, and still are going to. Nope. You're um, right there. So it's, it's yes. I, I agree with you. Uh, but you know, after, uh, uh, what they 54 and 21, they had 115 points. I, I mean, I don't expect them to be, you know, like under what? 107, 108. Like I still <laughs> expect them to be like right in there around that 110 mark. All right, perfect. Uh, next team on the list. Uh, that would be the uh, has been to the Stanley Cup finals three years in a row, Tampa Bay Lightning, who had 110 points this previous Man. year. They made a lot of moves this offseason uh, because of cap crunch reasons. So they traded Ryan McDonough away. Uh, let's see. Let's go back there. It's probably a good place to start for them. If I can find it on the list, of course. He was a hockey player. There we go. He was a hockey player. He played the game of hockey. Uh, oh, you're still going. Uh, I found hockey, it. All right. Hockey's a so sport. They, Felipe Myers and Grant Mismash, great name, from the Nashville great Predators, name. or Ryan McDonough. They had to trade him to shed salary. Um, after that, they signed Maxime Legacy to a one-year two-way contract. They signed Ian Cole to a one-year contract. They signed Vladislav Nemesnikov to a one-year contract, but here's where it gets interesting. They signed Sergachev, Sorelli, and Eric Cernak to eight-year deals each, cementing their team for, you know, close to the next decade. So while they lost Andre Palat and they lost Ryan McDonough, those three signings right there just scream, this is the team we're going to continue to try to win Stanley Cups with until we're old and we have to start just bright tearing it all down. So losing McDonough sucks and losing Andre Palat sucks. But I feel like shoring, like just locking down Cernak, Sorelli, and Mikhail Sergachev, you know, regardless yeah. of how you feel about, you know, giving up Palat over those three players, I don't necessarily think they got, you know, any worse with those trade with those moves, I should say. I think no. that they're still going to be in the top three for years to come because of this. For sure. So, so my thing with them is I fully expect them to maybe take a, take a slight step back in the regular season. Like as it keeps, as, as that core kind of gets older, maybe see them 
start to fizzle out a, a, not a ton, but but a little bit in the regular season, and then just continue to be threats in the postseason for uh, you know, and uh, until they prove us otherwise. Uh, I mean, this is now, like I said, this is now three straight years of of going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, I, I they had 110 points th- this past season. I fully expect them to be at or around 110, maybe give or take five points. Uh, like any any decline they have will be just because like wear and tear of regular season. You know, maybe some injuries, maybe just like sitting people just to sit people NBA style. Like this is this is still one of the premier teams in the league and they will do whatever they have to do to make the postseason and then the playoffs is when they'll turn it back up to what we've seen the last three postseasons in a row because this was supposed to be the fatigue year right everybody was like oh Tampa and then like like, we were even saying it they yeah exactly and they were like oh look they finished third in their division like look at the the drop off you're starting to see it like it's starting to crumble and then you know they, they they go back to the Stanley Cup finals so I I would not surprise me if they continue to take like ever so slight steps backwards in the regular season. Um, but a not enough to where the Red Wings are going to pass them, and b it won't matter when the playoffs roll around. Well, and it's just like they're still easily the deepest team in the NHL, like easily. And you look at the players that they might lose next off season. You know, they might lose Alex Kalorn because he's going to be a UFA, but you still got him for one more year. You know, Steven Stamkos is only thirty two. Right, which is crazy. He's only thirty-two, which, which is, is insane because it feels like he's been there for literal, you know, yeah, multi-decades. Like years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, like, they're still a very young team, uh, you know, for a team as good as they are. By this point, you know, you think you have a, a pretty healthy mix of guys who are in their late thirties, but this is a team that's still in their prime. Some of their players might begin to slide out of their prime here in the next couple of years. But this team, like that commitment to winning, I completely understand it because they could win a couple more Stanley Cups before, you know, it's all said and done with how good they are. And losing Andre Palat this offseason and losing Ryan McDonough doesn't change that. It might be a slight step back depth-wise, but, I mean, they're still they, – they have enough great players on that roster to just step up and take that spot. I mean, Sergeyev and Hedman Absolutely. alone. Well, I mean, that that's what's made them so lethal. Like, they have the top-end talent, don't get me wrong, but what's made them such an incredible team over the last – half a decade has been unreal depth and that is that is certainly no different in this team so i mean your top three i think i don't know what the order is going to be but your top three is going to be the same so regardless of the idea yeah regardless of the fact that you know maybe all three of them took a slight step backwards just due to um like cap space they're still all powerhouse teams like a slight step backwards by no means no means means they're going to be bad because none of them are But once you get outside that top three is where it begins to get interesting and could start making the argument that maybe the Red Wings could slide in there. And so who finished fourth for the Detroit or not the Detroit Red Wings, the Atlantic division this past year. (laughs) So this is where it gets interesting uh, in in my eyes, because fourth was infamously the Boston Bruins, 107 points. Um, This team, what was it? They at one point in the season, like half fish way through the year, they had five games in hand on us, but we were only like five points behind them or something like yeah. that. And everybody was like, Oh, so Ooh, here we go. They, you know, they, they caught up in, in, they made up their games played and whatever. And it wasn't, you know, didn't amount to anything, but um, I, this is the team like this. If you were going to pick one of the four teams to point at and be like, Hey, which one of these four teams that all had comfortably over 100 points last year 
could you see maybe slipping a, a relatively decent amount and, and maybe opening the door for somebody else from the bottom four to, to pop in there? It, it, I think it like comfortably would be Boston. This is a team whose core continues to get older. It's, it's uh, honestly pretty, pretty old. <laughs> the core itself is, is, is pretty dang old at this point. They continue to get older. Um, I, I, I think that, now, I'm not saying that it'll happen, but I am saying if there was a team to fall out of it to open the door for somebody else in the bottom four in this division, I think it would be Boston. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you, and I think a lot of it hinges on what's going on with Patrice Bergeron because we still do not have confirmation one way or the other yeah, if he's no going to come back. Anything on him. And I think he's like 37 years old, but he just won the Selkie again. So, right. you know, despite his, him being a little bit advanced in age, he's still an elite-level player, and, did, you know... Uh, Bergeron being there makes a huge different for, difference for where this team's going to be. Now, granted, even without them, they still have Brad Marchand. They still have David Pasternak. They still have Taylor Hall. You know, on the back end, they still have Hamas Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy. And they have an incredibly young uh, and good goalie tandem in Linus Ulmark and Jeremy Swayman, who got Calder votes this past offseason. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, this past awards season. Award season, Lord above. So, mm-hmm. like, there's still a lot of upside to this team, but it is very much a team that's getting older. Now I know Jake DeBrusque rescinded his um, trade request, and I think a lot of that, a lot of people's, a lot of the players' unhappiness with the Boston Bruins had to have been, you know, their coach Bruce Cassidy, and because now that he's gone, a lot of players seem to be a lot ha- happier. Um, but if they can't sign David, and this is this is kind of pointless because David Pasternak is still here for this season. Um, but David Pasternak, you know, hasn't signed an extension yet, and there's been rumblings of whether or not he wants to return. And I think again, Bergeron is going to be a big tipping point for that. I think Bergeron comes back past your next days for, you know, the whole season. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting, but I do think I'm in agreement with you. If there's any team that could slip and the Red Wings could make a move to find, fill into that fourth role, it'd be the, the Boston Bruins. No, because they also so still an if like that, this is if. not like this is, this is at the end of the day, still a team, like you said, with, with some, uh, w- with some premier talent on it, really solid depth, Really solid top six. Uh, it's just that every year they get older, and, and and this core continues to get older and older. And and so you'd think eventually they would be the team to slip, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be this year. This is still a team that had the same win total as the Tampa Bay Lightning last year. So yeah. like they're they're still pretty darn good. And I just. Like I hesitate to say because we've been saying for years that like oh the Boston Bruins are going to slide they're going to slide and then they get a new young talent or they make a sign like you know people give Sweeney a lot of crap for his one sided trades where you know he doesn't get you know the value back mm-hmm. but you look at what it's resulted in and the fact that they still have very high like they're still a pretty deep team all things considered with about five million dollars in cap space they're not over the cap so they got room and obviously they have a lot of upcoming UFAs that they have to sign to longer term contracts you know mainly being David Pasternak coming up. But they're, you know, they're, they've, their cap management's been very good to help them remain competitive for as long as they've been. So while it's nice to say, like, oh, the Bruins could slide, it's hard to say it with confidence because we've been saying that for years. Absolutely. And they're still a good team. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even say I expect it to happen. But if there just was a team that you were going to say, you know, if you, if you told me that one of those four teams did slip, that would just be my guess. That doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, plus the Zach, the Zaka trade, Pavel Zaka, Zaka. Sure. Um, that was Zaka, a win yeah. for Sweeney for sure. They got an RFA back who shows a lot of upside, 25-year-old center. So, I mean, like, 
while they didn't do a lot in free agency, signing mostly like depth pieces and low-term contracts, they did get that trade, which will help them depth-wise because Zaka's a good young player. So I think that I, as much as I'd love to say that they're going to really take a step back, if I mean, I think they will if Bergeron does not resign, but I feel like signs are pointing that he's going to come back for one year. Then, you know, I, it's going to be a tough fight. You know, I don't think they're on the same caliber as those top three teams, but I still think they are a very good team. I think they're definitely a wild card conversation team in the Atlantic division. Absolutely. hundred percent. Fifth place in the Atlantic division. Well, this is where it gets interesting. So the bottom four for the for the Atlantic was, uh, well, the bottom, well, the Canadians were eighth. Well, whatever, but five, six, seven. (laughs) What does that mean? Come on. Let's, let's grow up. The five, six, seven (laughs) for the Atlantic was Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa. And their point totals were respectively 75, 74, 73. Those were the, the Ottawa at seven and Buffalo at five were two points away from each other. So this was a, a three teams that were all a beating each other up a lot uh, and, and B all pretty much losing to, to those top four teams pretty consistently as well. Um, they, they were pretty even across the board. The win totals for the three of them, Buffalo 32, Detroit 32, Ottawa 33. Like that, these are these are teams that that were very very similar in production and success last season. And looking at the three of them as a whole, we, we've voiced our stuff on on Detroit as we do every single day. This is a team that obviously got better and took a step forward. But I think that it's an interesting conversation talking about how they improved in comparison to Buffalo and Ottawa because Ottawa, I like. I'll, I'll be honest, I really like the Sens' future. I yes, think that that's a that's a team with a a brilliant young core uh stutzla obviously is is a guy that is talked about a lot in this fan base just because of the uh the raymond connection and everything but uh in that draft but i mean that's a team with with uh, a lot of of young talent a really young and and good core and uh they took a step forward from from where they've been at last season as well and and had a decent off season where they were able to, to bring in some pieces. So that that's a team that I'm not sure they took as big a step as the Red Wings, as far as just like purely free agency, but given the rest of their, their young, good core, that's absolutely a team I could see taking a, a, a sizable step forward. I, I think they're going to take a sizable step forward. Well, whether or not that makes them sizably as good as, you know, Boston or the top right, three is left sure. to be up. But they took a definite step forward because you remember they got Alex to it for next to nothing. A bona fide 40 goal scorer who's an RFA still, only 24 years old. They signed Claude Giroux, who, you know, maybe hasn't been as great as he was in his prime, but he's still a very good player and a great veteran leader to have in the locker room. Absolutely. They extended Josh Norris for like eight years. He's awesome. And of course, like you said, they have Tim Stutzla, they have Thomas Shabbat still, Nikita Zaitsev, who I like. And then, of course, they traded, obviously, Matt Murray away and got Cam Talbot in return, like, uh, you know, in return. And Cam Talbert, Talbert? Talbert. <laughs> Talbert. Obviously, that wasn't, they didn't trade, you know, they got Cam Talbert this offseason and offloaded Matt Murray, but Cam Talbert, Tal- Talbot, Lord Dude. above it. I'm, I'm rushing it here. Cam Talbot there you go. is a definite upgrade over Matt Murray. So they got better in that and they got better on offense and like all the way around. So this is a team that I think took a definite step forward and, you know, is definitely going to be fighting with Boston for a wild card spot. I don't think that they're, 
you know, top three in the in the division good yet, but definitely wild card contention good, I think. And that's what's scary is we'll the top three still really good. And now you have to also worry about the Ottawa Senators. No, I, I for my money, this is going to be the, the best division in hockey um, th- this upcoming season. But it, it, it's remarkable because you can to just to like put it in perspective, you, the, the Ottawa Senators could improve by 25 points and they would be if if the top four all eclipsed 100 again they would still be fifth in this division right yeah like that's that that's crazy perspective just for and like 73 isn't uh isn't a absolutely you know like tanking horrific point total either like you, you can improve by 25 points and still not even be in the top half of this division if, if all those four teams do what they're supposed to do again this year so uh, I, I think it's, it's fair to say you could take a sizable step forward for, for whether you're talking about Detroit or Ottawa and still not necessarily be like, Oh, like, you know, this is a slam dunk wildcard team or playoff team. Like you can, you can take a big step forward and still be on the outside looking in just because of how insanely talented this division is. But I, I really like Ottawa too, a lot more than Buffalo for sure. And that's what's so great about this conversation because this division is so stacked up top. And then you have a lot of young teams that were tanking that are now trying to actively get better. It's really hard to predict where anyone's going to land because, you know, we go now next in the division, I think is the Red Wings. They finished sixth, correct? So you yes. talk about the Red Wings. They also took a sizable step forward this this uh, offseason. And season, you know, you had Moritz Sider. You have Lucas Raymond. Now you also uh, trade for Vili Husso, and you extend him. So now you have a great young tandem in Husso and Nadelkovich. You have Sider. You have Raymond. You sign Cop. You get David Perron. You get you take a flyer on a, a Kubalik. You get Ben Chirot. So, like, this team, and, of course, Pissick and Olimata, this team is so much deeper than they were a year ago because Steve Eisman finally utilized that cap space and they're so much better than they were a year ago. But is it good enough to be in the top three? Probably not still because that top three is so incredibly deep. Now, could they contend for a wild card? I think that could be in the cards. The question though is, you know, you're going to have to not just beat out the players or teams in your own division in Buffalo and at Buffalo, Boston and Ottawa. But then you have to worry about the Metro because it's the wild card and the Metro is no slouch either. So I definitely think that the Red Wings could contend this year for a wild card. Obviously we will not know until, you know, skates hit the ice, but man, that this division is so tough. And that's why I think that when you come, you come down to it, that's the crux of this conversation is that, the Red Wings took a definite step forward this year, and I think they could be a lot more competitive this year. But this Atlantic division is just so tough that it's hard to say for sure that this is the year they make the playoffs. For sure. No, I I don't think anyone, definitely neither of us are saying that, and I'm not sure anybody really should be saying that. But the, the interesting part of this is the four teams at the top can't remain pat and have two of the teams at the bottom take like huge step forwards. It's like exactly. it's not possible. Like somebody has to lose hockey games, okay? You know yes. what I mean? Like somebody somebody has to lose. So unless we're all just beating Montreal and Buffalo, you know, every single time we play them all year, uh like somebody's going to have to lose and so it's this this it isn't pot, like we're talking about it in a in a half glass full light for the bottom four teams especially us in Ottawa but 
I mean, somebody's going to have to lose. And, and again, you can take a big step forward and, uh, and, and play in a lot more competitive hockey games, beat a lot better teams, uh, but still be on the outside of this division looking in because there is so much talent and, and it, it's, it's not possible for, you know, like six teams to all have a hundred wins. Like that's not going to, yeah. somebody's going to have to lose. Exactly. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be really fun to, to see how it plays out. I'm really excited for this season. Yeah. And so we are at 32 minutes. We still have to talk about Bo- Buffalo. I keep wanting to confuse Boston and Buffalo when I speak um, Buffalo and Montreal, but I think those two are pretty easy to talk about. I don't think Buffalo, I think Buffalo got better, but not in the short term. They'd made a lot of smart moves. They had three first-round picks this offseason. Um, they got uh, Yuri Kulich, Noel Ostland, and Matthew Savoy all in the first round this past um, during the draft. And I think that's fantastic for their rebuild. And they made a lot of you know short-term depth signings as well, as well as getting uh, Eric Comrie taking a flyer on this guy who you know showed some solid prog- progress this past year with Winnipeg but I don't think that they're going to necessarily be in the mix for, you know, a playoff spot. I think they're a long ways away from that yet, but I do think that they took a step forward this off season as well. Montreal, I think it was a very planned step back. Um, they're mm-hmm. going full rebuild, embracing it. We knew that halfway through the season this last year, they just were not very good after making the Stanley cup final. So they, they're taking a, a step back to try and continue to tank for more number one overall picks, hopefully getting Connor Bedard, um, having the number one overall pick though this past year and taking Yura Slavkovsky is great though for their rebuild. So those two teams I think are, don't really have to worry about. It's just when you're talking in context, the rest of the division, mm-hmm. one, two, three, pretty solid. Four, I mean, five, six, who knows? <laughs> right. And 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 it is, it is, you know, Buffalo didn't have a bad year and and no, didn't, didn't and didn't get worse. So like that that's a that's a team that um that well, I don't. I don't think anyone expects to be really in that in that top. I, I would say even six conversation. I mean, it's a team that's not a not a rollover. You know, gimme win either. Like this is this is a, a an insanely good and and now no longer just top heavy and an insanely deep and top heavy division. I mean, just as a whole, the Atlantic is just unreal. Well, the thing about uh, Buffalo too is. You know, we're talking about strictly this offseason, whether or not they got better. But if you go back to that Eichel trade, like that Eichel trade's looking great for them. You know, Tash Thompson's been great for them. They have a very, they have a, like, you know, as long as they don't buffalo it, like they have a good future. Buffalo blow it. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings the first (laughs) person every day. Come on, that was good. No, it wasn't. All right. But yeah, so I mean, Buffalo's got a bright future too. I just don't think they're there yet. For sure. Um, Yeah, Montreal stinks, yeah. Um, final nail in the coffin. Any final thoughts on it? Um, I, I think that the Detroit Red Wings being one of the best teams to miss the postseason would be a massive success this upcoming year. I agree. I completely agree. Thanks for making lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make lockdown NHL your second listen lockdown NHL. Um, lockdown experts give you a daily 30 minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Lockdown NHL, your daily 30 minute NHL podcast. We'll be back with you guys. We're planning on Wednesday. We're down to three episodes a week. We're going to try to stick to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. 
but obviously that's not follow us on twitter if we don't at uh, at lo underscore red wings if if uh if we don't go monday wednesday friday we will make it known when uh when we are going exactly so catch us on wednesday then guys same time same place it's your team every Every day. day